I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. You don't complicate things. That's a great place to be. And then there's an evolution to that where you start understanding how to use good debt. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, where you use debt as a powerful tool for increasing the rate of return, but you only use enough so that you feel like you're comfortable. Because if you go in 90% or 100% debt and something goes wrong, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. now you're underwater versus being on the other side of it. Welcome back to the Name Your Numbers show by The Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial independence for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. If you're ready to name your number and create your passive investment plan that you'll follow step-by-step to get there, then head over to investormindset.com slash number to download the free guide to get started. And for those of you who are ready to build this plan together with me and a community of other like-minded investors, you'll be invited to schedule a call with one of my top advisors to see if it's a fit. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm excited to have Michael O'Donnell in the studio today. How are you doing, Mike? Doing terrific. Great to be with you today, Stephen. Excited to have you because you're a pro when it comes to sales in the solar space. You've made a lot of money. You've helped a lot of people. You've made a lot of impact. And uh, I think there's a lot that people are going to take away from this. And you've also been able to reach and achieve financial independence. So I think there's a lot of inspirations. Are you ready to get into things? Yeah, I certainly am. Awesome. Before we get into all the tactics on uh, on investing and all the things you've done, let's start out on a personal note by looking yeah. back at earlier in your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Gosh, what uh, what a great uh, thought. I mean, I've had so many things. Being the oldest of seven children and coming from uh, kind of a first-generation Americans, my family came from Ireland. They were literally uh, ditch diggers. Literally, my grandfather was a sandhog, they called him. He built the, wow. the New York tunnels, the Holland and the Lincoln tunnels, almost indentured slaves. You know, And then their hmm. kids got to uh, not go to college, but to take more clerical and policemen and that classic American next-generation story. Then their kids, my parents, uh, put their kids through college. We had opportunities to go through college. And so my brothers and sisters are engineers, lawyers, uh, business people, real estate agents. I'm a business person. Uh, and so, you know, my entire family, you know, it's it's follows that American dream curve from immigrants with working for pennies to kind of arriving at a place where. Uh, maybe not all of us have financial freedom, but we certainly have a lot of options and a lot of opportunity and, and, a, and a much higher lifestyle than uh, my grandparents came into this country with and then my parents were raised in. So I love that you bring that context to it um, financially from a, a personal standpoint and me uh, going through my life. I, I was very lucky and I write about uh, that in my book, the, No Matter What, uh, which is a recipe for a seven figure income. 
uh, in sales that if you have something that's destructive and that's killing you, you're not going to get anywhere. You can go to as many Tony Robbins seminars you want. And if you've got some, you know, destructive, uh, you know, self-sabotage behaviors going on, nothing's really going to work. You're going to continue to find yourself in the weeds and, and, and then in the ditch. So one of the things that was super Uh, fortunate for me is that the problem I had as a young man, I discovered early on in life that that Irish heritage also led to the fact that I had about a nearly hundred percent chance of being alcoholic. And I got myself on a ton of trouble by the time I was 19, I'd been arrested three times uh, by that time. And it was really clear to me, I had a choice. I either had to figure out how to overcome that destructive uh, personalities trait or I was going to have a life that, uh, you know, just, just a miserable story. And so I was able to get that figured out at 19 by walking into a room of people who know how to deal with that, uh, a 12 step program. And I've been sober since I've been sober 39 years. And so for 39 years, I've lived a life where that's not an equation. It's not in, it's not a factor in the equation. My children have never seen me take a drink. I've never lost a home, never lost a family over that problem, which is a common story for a lot of people. And it's not mine. So I'm, consider myself to be super fortunate in that regard. Yeah. It's a really powerful thing to realize that sometimes there's things in our life that hold us back. If we do them at all, if we let that be a part of our life, then it can actually really stop us from being able to have success. And so when you took that off the table, what did that do for you? What did that give to you as far as confidence and knowledge to know that, that you had that capability of having that type of discipline? Well, it did not make me successful. It made me not be destined to be massively and epically unsuccessful. And so that was a huge step forward, but certainly not the whole story. Uh, I was also very fortunate at that same uh, age of 19 years old. I walked into another room of old guys (laughs) who were very good at making money. And they're very good Mm -hmm. at money, uh, making money by selling large ticket home improvement uh, sales to homeowners, which is a very specific skill. And those guys were aluminum siding salesmen, better known as tin men. Mm-hmm. And they had taken the skills of uh, tin men, which was to knock on a door, get somebody interested in taking a look at, at, at a proposal to make a big ticket home improvement. And the ability to have in one meeting a compelling presentation and understand how to sign people up that day because there were no backs. They taught me that, you know, in day one, there were no backs in that industry. Yeah. And so they taught me how to sell and close and taught me how to make a ridiculous amount of money at the age of 19 years old. And so uh, I, I, again, consider myself to be very, very lucky and just fortunate that I wandered into uh, that particular conference room at that age and learned how to make a lot of money in sales. Yeah. The ability and the skill of learning how to sell is one of the most powerful skills somebody can have. And especially when you're able to do that alongside a lead generation strategy, and I know yours happens mm-hmm. to be going door to door. When you have a product that you can sell directly to somebody in a one call close scenario, it allows you to be able to quickly very quickly be able to improve on those skills because you know, you have that one moment to make that sale happen. What didn't work? How can I improve it? And, you know, when we, before we began buying two or 300 unit multifamily buildings, I was buying homes directly from homeowners, one call closes people rarely, if they're going to think about it are going to think about it and buy. And so, you know, it's a really, really powerful skill. So, 
I want to get into sales and solar because I know that's what's really made you a lot of money. So let's come back to that. But talk to me sure. about what led you to having that first feeling of financial independence and what mm-hmm. got you there. Well, uh, let's start with uh, kind of the flip side of that equation, which was I spent and was pretty successful for about 25 years in sales and did not have financial freedom. And Mm. why was that? Because I had, Mm. after learning how to make a lot of money, sort of as an independent contractor in straight commission sales, uh, I had a, 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 a newly, uh, a new bride and, and babies on the way. And I said, man, I got to trade the upside for security. And I did that as a young man. I said, you know what? I'm willing, if someone's going to pay me 40 K, which was my salary in 1987, if they'll Mm. pay me 40 K and let me make another 20 to 40 K in commissions, that's good enough. Yeah. For me, why? Because my wife needed that security to know that I was coming home with a minimum amount. And yeah. so I'm constantly talking about people about whether or not they should come into this business. This is almost always and exclusively a straight commission opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, are you ready? And are you in a position to bet on yourself when somebody else puts down the risk and they're the one who bets on you, i.e. a salary, then yeah. they deserve and they get the lion's share of the rewards for doing that. When you're willing to take the bet and you're willing to take the risk, then you deserve and you should get. And in the solar industry, you do receive the lion's share of the benefit of your efforts and your skill and your Mm. work. And so uh, Mm. people find it hard to believe. But in the solar industry, a seven figure income is not a mythological thing. If you and my book is called The Recipe to a Seven Figure Income. Uh, if you do the things that are necessary to do that, it's just a recipe. You put the chicken in the pot, you cut the, the, the vegetables up, carrots and celery and salt and pepper, turn on the gas. You're going to have chicken soup uh, in mm. a few hours. And then you learn more about what makes chicken soup pretty good or really great. Uh, you know. And so that's kind of the increasing your skills and your craft over the time. But if you do that, uh, you're going to make a tremendous amount of money. When we talk to a homeowner that's uh, currently using utility, we're sort of interrupting their thinking about how they're providing their family's energy needs and say, hey, what if you were to try owning your own yeah. power plant? If you were to do that, uh, massive benefits would ensue. We have that conversation in 10 minutes at their door and they say, well, I would take a look. That's the knocking on yeah. door. Well, I would you know, take a look, knock yourself out, show me a quote. We come back later that day or the next day with a quote. We spend an hour and a half with them. At least, you know, in, our, in, in the way we do our training and our track record, I typically have salespeople signing up one out of three in an hour and a yeah. half, two hour meeting. I sign up two out of three. That's the difference between, you know, making the roster and Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame, right? I've sold more solar than anybody else in the entire solar industry. My job is to teach other people. Uh, how mm-hmm. to do that. And that's exactly what I do. But we're literally capturing 30 years worth of revenue that would have went to a Fortune 500 type company, Duke mm-hmm. Energy, Arizona Public Service, Nevada Energy. We mm-hmm. literally capture 30 years worth of revenue in an hour and a half conversation. That pays mm-hmm. a massively lucrative amount of money. And so if you're just kind of working at part speed and kind of making the roster, you should be making somewhere between four hundred and $700,000 a year at that task. If yeah. you want to put in the extra effort uh, to become world-class and the time that you spend working at doing it, getting that to a million dollars plus a year is just a matter of really making a decision that that's where you want to go. And so you got into a position where you're making that kind of money and better 
And then what did you do with that money that led you to knowing that you were financially free, independent to, outside of the money that you're earning day to day doing sales? Well, and, and unfortunately, when uh, young guys start making that kind of money, they show up on Instagram flexing Lambos and <laughs> yeah. all sorts of things. And uh, my flex is uh, owning a home with a, a paid off mortgage. My yeah. flex is that my toy is a cabin in the woods with a paid off mortgage. I'm not a big leverage guy, by the way. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I luckily and fortunately, I had people like you in my life giving me great advice. And yeah. in this industry, we knock a lot of doors. And then we blow the money unless we buy a lot of doors. And so that's my advice to guys yeah. that are knock doors, buy doors, stay broke, but not because you're blowing the money, stay broke because you're putting the money into the next investment. Be scared yeah. where the next money's coming in and don't let it stockpile. If it stockpiles, every time one of my guys ends up 50 K ahead, I end up losing them for a month in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they end up, they end up with a $25 paycheck and I, I lose them for two weeks. So yeah. uh, just keep programmatically sticking that money into investments. In my, my, my investment of choice is real estate. I'm, you know, very, very heavily, and I am diversified. I have money in stocks and bonds and mutual funds, mostly mutual funds for 401k type and trying to get money out of uh, the non, you know, out of the taxable category into the taxable category with, you know, self-employment uh, yeah. investments and those sorts of things so that I can invest pre-taxed money into the stock market and mutual funds. But that's a, that's a smaller percentage of my portfolio. Most of it's in real estate. So you took that money and you went out and bought what single family homes or something like this. If you're owning initially, them, yes. What? Yep. And I've been yep. investing in single family homes for 25 years. And so I own, yeah. you know, a handful of single family homes. Now they're paid off. And so I literally could be financially independent uh, just from collecting the rents on those properties. Yeah. And uh, yeah. luckily I have a higher you know, goal than that, or maybe I would, yeah. maybe I just my, you know, my wife and I could just cash in the chips and uh, tool around the country in an RV <laughs> and uh, we'd have enough money to, we'd be good. We'd be safe. Right. We'd yeah. be having a, a financially independent passive income stream that would take care of that lifestyle unfortunately I have what's called what I call in my book, a nine figure mindset. So I'm yeah. looking for a hundred million dollar net worth exit yeah. from my working career. So instead of a motorhome, uh, instead of a land yacht, I'll have an actual yacht uh, tied yeah. up outside of Monaco while I'm, yeah. uh, you know, enjoying the fruits of my labor. So that's, I have a different, uh, and that's why I yeah. really, you know, talking about Napoleon Hill and the think and grow rich. If you're not visualizing uh, a legacy that includes generational wealth and yeah. really whatever, and you don't need to want that lifestyle. You don't need to want a yacht in the Mediterranean lifestyle, but to yeah. have the option and the ability to pick what your lifestyle is homes in multiple locations and, you know, possibly even jets and helicopters or whatever to get you between them, you know, cause that's what you achieve when you get to a nine figure net worth is you have those kinds of options as well. Totally. And I, I love that because what I'm hearing you say is that you've got a clear vision. And one of the most important things to getting clear on having success in business, in sales, in investing is knowing what you want and why you want it. So I'd love it if you'd share with the audience a little bit, you're clear on that vision. What is that vision for your life? What yep. is it that you're ultimately working towards? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What are those exciting toys, those experiences, mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. things, the legacy? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're really going after? 
Yeah, I mean, I do have a clear vision. That clear vision has come about on purpose, right? That comes yeah. from reading Think and Grow Rich, taking two pages a day as a habit, and then treating it like a basic text where I have assignments that are due, right? And and, and then not stopping there, but going through, yeah. you know, Napoleon Hill wrote a lot. He didn't just re write that one book. He wrote The Laws of Success. That's a four-volume course on yeah. how to create that mindset. I believe creating that mindset is the way you become successful, not the other way around. Yeah. You don't get the nine figure exit uh, by being successful. You become successful because you have told your brain and told your mind and told yourself, that's what we're attempting to do. That's what's in process. Otherwise yeah. you'll have the mindset that I was given as a kid. And what I think I encounter most of the time, which is I'm working really hard and I'm awesome at not getting evicted. I'm yeah. really doing a good job of not getting my credit cards turned off, you know, yeah. and as long as I can not get evicted, not get my credit cards turned off, I'm doing okay. And I spent 25, 30 years with the same skills and same abilities I have now making between 100 and $250,000 a year, which by most people that I know's mindset would be like, dude, bro, you made it. Yeah. But what you find out when you make that kind of money for that period of time, you'll end up where I ended up which is I had a big house payment, big car payments, a big boat slip payment. And I, yeah, I had a few hundred grand in 401k accounts, but I also had 40 grand in revolving debt that I didn't even know I had yeah. just accidentally, you know, credit cards and blah, 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 blah. and I got 40 grand in credit card debt. So literally now I need that quarter million dollars a year, just not to go below water. I'm like a quarter million bucks a year is keeping yeah. me here, which will, and the corporate America loves that, by the way, because if they keep you here at, you know, 150 to 250, you'll keep producing for them. Yeah. And it wasn't until I said, you know, I'm, I got one more real shot at this. I was 50 years old. I saw the opportunity in solar and I, and I, I, I actually moonlighted for a few weeks and I said, holy, I, in the last three weeks, I made the same money that I would make in a quarter. Yeah. What would happen if I made three, if I made a quarter's worth of money in three weeks, what would I yeah. do with that? And by now I'm mature enough to say, well, I'm not going to blow it all on Lambos. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my $200,000 a year lifestyle while I make a million plus dollars a year and invest the rest. And, you know, very quickly I got to a point where I had a seven figure net worth instead of a something hundred thousand dollar net worth. And, you know, very quickly within a few years, I had an eight figure, you know, net worth. And now my question is, you asked me about the dream. So the dream is I own a solar company. The solar company is called Sun Solar Solutions. The real dream is to have that become, because I know how to sell, teach enough people how to sell, to turn that into a company that gets bought for, you know, a couple $300 million. And my partners and I, you know, cash out at that nine figure level 10 years from now, something along those lines. And what is that? And, and, and what is that exit going to do for you and your family in the world by going through the process and doing that? Well, first of all, I feel triply blessed that I have found something that my skill set can do well and provides my family with a seven-figure income. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if we're paying attention to what's going on in the world, but we've reached the eight billion mark. I mean, we, a couple of months ago, we crossed yeah. a transom of eight billion people. Uh, it was a lot less billions of people when we decided there wasn't enough firewood to go around every day to scramble for firewood to make yeah. our energy needs. So we started to drill into the earth and we started bringing up rocks and gas and oil and stuff to light on fire, dead stuff. There wasn't enough dead stuff on the surface. And so yeah. we started to dig into the center to get dead stuff to light on fire. And we've been 
uh, providing ourselves with the energy we need for home and industry and uh, automobile transportation by burning dead stuff now ever since. And now that we've got yeah. 8 billion people, one we've discovered probably not sustainable. <laughs> How much dead yeah. stuff is there but that we can suck out without causing yeah. a problem? And then, by the way, we're lighting it on fire, which is causing an entirely different problem, right? Emissions and pollution and changing of the climate and all that stuff. So we've now decided we need to stop doing that. And so I, I know that when I come upon a homeowner, I say, look, I can change the financial trajectory of your family by changing your perspective that you're a renter of power generation uh, equipment and turn you into an owner of power generation equipment. That's going to change the trajectory of your financial state, just like being the owner of a home instead of the renter of a home. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, we bought a 232 unit building in Dallas yep. last year. We installed, yep. uh, we installed solar on it mm -hmm. and that solar alone created a 15% return on cost. Plus right. we're obviously not a hundred percent reliant on the grid. Plus which is we're creating a, we're creating a more sustainable type of energy for that property. Yeah. And it's actually pro for the investors. Like it's actually a good thing. It makes sense to yeah. do that now. So yeah. I think it's yeah. a really powerful tool. I'd love to, for you to share with the audience a little bit about your philosophy on investing. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there's something interesting that mm -hmm. we can pull from this. When I hear that you own a bunch of real estate properties and you own mm -hmm. them free and clear, there is a philosophy there. There's a mindset. There is a risk mitigation concept because if you were to bring in even 50% leverage, which is considered very low, you right. can double the amount of real estate that you own and right. increase the rate of return on each of those properties. But there's a reason you didn't. And I'd love it if you'd share why. Well, first of all, my primary residence, I wanted the peace of mind. of I was stockpiling cash. I'm like, what should I do with it? I got rid of all my debt. I got rid of my credit cards. I got rid of every other kind of debt. I'm like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> so and I wasn't in an investing mindset mode. So, well, I'll just pay off my mortgage. And I did that. Yeah. And then I said, well, now I'm in a point where I can buy another home. And it really just kind of came again, uh, about organically. My brother-in-law is a the real estate agent. He's showing me a few homes. We find this perfect home. We kind of take this bigger idea because we can afford to do that. And, and it's a $600,000 home. So we're moving out of a $300,000 home into a $600,000, $700,000 home. And my brother-in-law says, well, I'll have the mortgage guy call you. The solar thing was doing so well. I look at my wife and I go, do we need a mortgage guy? And she says, no, I think we can just write a check. At which point yeah. my brother-in-law says, what are you talking about? And he yeah. says, well, I'll tell you what, we better hustle up and get the house uh, in Gilbert sold. So you can move the equity over then to buy this house and go, now nah, we're just going to rent that property out. And yeah. by the way, I paid that mortgage off already. And so, you know, my primary <laughs> investing strategy is to make a lot of money <laughs> so that I can make decisions yeah. about that. Now, do I wish I had somebody like you giving me counsel where you would have said, well, and then I made several other purchases like that. I bought a cabin and you know, that was a quarter million dollars wrote a check. If I had taken that, you know, a million and a half, two million bucks, and leveraged it out, would I have done better in 2019, 20? I would have. Yeah. Uh, but there's sort of a peace in mind uh, that goes along with that. And I am leveraged in some of my other real estate uh, ventures. And I too really like the multifamily. I've really transitioned away from single family. I'm almost exclusively uh, yeah. multifamily and large apartment complexes. And I'm in a group with, you know, 30 other guys that are taking down apartment complexes 
using leverage to get the majority of that capital to do that or taking over, you know, uh, loans that are already in place to do that and then experiencing. And I honestly, the reason I did that initially was to get some shelter from all the taxes that I'm paying now on this original income, getting depreciation moved over into my 1040. Well, it's a really important thing to be able to understand the whole tax benefit piece, because when you can be active in the space, there's huge depreciation that can come off of that. But I just want to underline what you said. There's a benefit to owning properties free and clear, because then there's no question about the the underlying debt that's there. Now, the benefit is that's the simple. So if I got a house and it's $2,500 a month, that's 30 grand coming to, I'm like, what do I do with this money? (laughs) Totally. I mean, that's like the simple, the simplest version. And that's where people, I think if you're looking for comfort and you're looking for low risk and you're looking to be in that position where you don't complicate things, that's a great place to be. And then there's an evolution to that where you start understanding how to use good debt. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, where you use debt as a powerful tool for increasing the rate of return, but you only use enough so that you feel like you're comfortable. Because if you go in 90% or 100% debt and something goes Mm -hmm. wrong, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. now you're underwater versus being on the other side of it. So you're obviously in a position where you make a lot of money, you show people how to make a lot of money, you teach them how to do this sales thing. And then you're actually moving that money over to real estate to create tax shelter um, and to really be able to park that cash in a nice secure position. What is it about real estate that makes you feel like it's a good, safe investment? You know, a good friend of mine, and he sort of leads this group. His name is Jeff Mendez. uh, And he was a hero of mine in my space. He was, you know, Literally, before I was the godfather of uh, door-to-door and and solar, he uh, definitely held that title. Uh, And now he's retired with, you know, I'm guessing something. He's got a nine-figure net worth. So I'm literally trying to follow in the path of my mentors. But he told me something. He said, if you were to went into New York City and found any company in New York City in 1920 and invested $10,000 into any of those companies, there's almost a 100% chance that that $10,000 would be worthless. There's almost no corporation you could have found that has now still here 100 years later and is viable, right? Almost 100% of those corporations are gone unless you found, I don't know, was GM around then? I don't know, right? So, <laughs> uh, so there you're dealing with uh, that. But if you had to pick any building in Manhattan, any single one of them, and bought that building with $10,000, you'd be worth tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. And so if you step back at it, step back from it and really look at it from that longer view, uh, you're going to find that real estate always has that trajectory over the long haul. Why it's not going away. The real estate's not going bankrupt. The real estate's not going to be defunct. That real estate's going to be there a hundred years from now. And probably because the odds show uh, have done very, very well over, you know, any, any long period of time like that. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's all about. You find something because there's a difference between growing your wealth and preserving your wealth. And you're in a position where you make a lot of money. You fit into that category where wealth preservation as is as important, if not more important than wealth growth. But interestingly enough, you can do both in real estate. You're not going to have Bitcoin type returns, which I don't really like anyways, 
but you're also not going to have Bitcoin like losses, right? Something doesn't go from being worth a million dollars to being worth right. nothing. Right. You always have that underlying asset and you can actually insure it. Well, and I've had people invest in companies that uh, I was the entrepreneur of. And, you know, there's a big difference between an investment and a bet. And I, you know, I love the idea of understanding crypto and being involved in maybe some of the, the huge gains and uh, a speculative investment. But you have to understand a speculative yeah. investment is not an investment. It's a bet. And so yeah. I'm also having people like you in my life. They've taught me to diversify. And so, yeah, I yeah. can bet on crypto with maybe, you know, two percent of my investment portfolio. I yeah. can bet and put private equity into this diamond mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. But only with, you know, you know, maybe one or two percent of my portfolio. Right. I need to have a huge portion of my portfolio uh, generating retirement income and then an even bigger percentage generating equity and appreciation in real estate. So that doesn't mean you can't have fun and you can't uh, speculate on what everybody's enjoying and talking about at cocktail parties, as long as you've diversified and are putting the appropriate amount of risk against what your long-term objectives are. I, I couldn't agree more. And I want to underline something because we're talking about real estate as a place to park cash, create passive income, grow your wealth. But there's another strategy that you're using. And I don't want to just pass over it because I think it's important to point out that when you're building business for cash flow, you can build it for income, you can park money into real estate for passive income. But specifically, you talked about your vision is actually to build a business to exit. Talk to us a little bit about how you're going about building a business with the intention to exit and why you decided that that was a strategy that really makes a lot of sense to get to those financial goal vision that you set. Well, and, you know, so I, I learned a long time ago that there's a difference between income and equity and income is fleeting and equity is longstanding. And, uh, there's different reasons to want to own a business. If you want to own a business to make more money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And, and uh, I teach people all the time that when you're in the solar business, nobody makes anywhere near as much money as a great salesman. And if what you're looking for is income, that's the place to be. To then stop and decide you want to build a business, build a company, provide incomes and livelihoods and, and jobs for people, then in addition to doing what you're doing, you're going to be really sacrificing income. You know, people think the owners make all the money in our, in our business. Uh, we keep track of how many, uh, how much money people make by how many Watts of solar this guy mm -hmm. gets and what does the manager get and what does the regional manager get? And da, 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 da. And I'm, I'm quick to tell them, by the way, the owner, which is me and my two partners, our dollars yeah. per watt is zero. <laughs> we don't have a comp plan. <laughs> you know, we have to, sell yeah. a bunch to a lot of people and then pay all the bills, pay all the expenses. And if there's any money left over at the end, then we're chopping that up and, 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 yeah. and distributing that to the shareholders. So uh, it's not a great income building strategy. You'd be way better off focusing on sales if you want to generate income. But then when you get to a point where that's not your main concern and you really want to build equity and growth, um, well, then you need to take what you've learned as a salesperson. And I, I'm talking to salespeople all the time. And so I'm telling you, you know, why don't you create financial independence in the next five years as a salesperson, generate a seven and then eight figure net worth, and then decide what you're going to do with that, with that resource to, to create your next business 
And now that you know how to sell, learn how to sell the crap out of that thing and build it into one of the great businesses in that space. And then every single day, somebody comes along and buys one of the great businesses in any space. And the price tags a few hundred million bucks, maybe a billion dollars, depends on what you're doing. That's where real money comes from. And you could maybe build yeah. your way up to a hundred million, but I would bet if you found a, a list of people who are worth over a hundred million dollars, unless they're entertainers or sports guys, uh, almost every single one of them started a business and then sold it to somebody, you know, for that kind of money down the road. Yep. Exactly. And that's, and that's it. And when you have a vision that is that large, a hundred million dollar net worth, it's going to have to have a business exit as a part of that role, unless you're running an investment management firm and you're investing all of your cash and you're multiplying it at some kind of high rate, either way, yeah, it's still an exit. Too. It's still focused on that exit, right? Awesome. We've got one more question left, but before we do tell the audience how they can get in touch it was funny, Stephen. Uh, initially, when I started uh, appearing with the most sales uh, in the industry, I have all these uh, people, all these young guys uh, coming after me on Facebook and Instagram and people are like, you know, I'm like, how do I make these people go away? I don't have time to answer uh, questions. And then I, I finally got the big picture that this really is about networking. It's about creating a presence out there and a brand and uh, and so I really put a lot of, of time and then eventually said, you, know, you should write a book. So um, now I'm super easy to get a hold of. You can just go to my uh, social media, which is all Michael O'Donnell sales. And you can find me there. I think I'm even uh, huge on TikTok these days, but uh, Michael O'Donnell sales. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. You can DM me. But what you're going to see there at Michael O'Donnell sales is literally tons and tons and tons of content is me talking specifically. How do you get the number of conversations that you're in a day up to a level where you really are making a seven-figure income? And then when you get that opportunity and someone invites you to the kitchen table or the boardroom table, how do you make the most of that and put a proposal in front of them that's so compelling that they need to take advantage of it right now today? So what you'll find at Michael O'Donnell Sales is tons of content, podcasts like this, et cetera, where we're having this conversation uh, over and over and over again. You can also get a hold of me uh, directly at uh, mod at modsalesacademy.com. Uh, and of course, if you're mm -hmm. interested in getting into the solar business, I'd really find a, love to find some real terrific salespeople who are making 150 to 200,000, 250, and really want to get to a million bucks. Those guys are top performers, and all they have to be doing is given a vehicle. The, the vehicle they're in at their skill level does 150. I can put them into a vehicle that does 250 miles an hour, gets them to a million bucks a year. Uh, and that you can reach out to me there at sunsolarsolutions.com. Michael O'Donnell and at sunsolarsolutions.com. This has been, been awesome, Michael. Really appreciate being able to hear about how you've gone to make a lot of money, how you've gone about creating that financial independence and that vision for what you're doing in the future. As we close up, what advice would you go to those who are listening, who are on that path towards creating financial independence? What action should they take, beliefs, and where, where would you like uh, to leave it? My, my advice would be to adopt a mindset where the amount of money you're making right now is nowhere near enough money. It really start to believe that you're trying to create generational wealth. If you're going to create generational wealth, you're going to need a much, much, much bigger income. 
And you're going to need a vehicle that generates a very large income. And that means if what, if you're crushing the planet at what you do, and that makes 80 K or 120 K you're not going to get to your dreams through uh, income to invest and turn into capital. So, yeah. I mean, I like the rich dad, poor dad, just spend less on not going out to eat and invest the difference that will get you there to a degree, but you need to decide if what you're doing produces that kind of income. And if you're proficient and you're good and you're able to make the roster as one of the guys that are good at doing what you do, and that pays that amount of money, you might need to be on the roster of something that pays a much different amount of money. And, and I feel very fortunate that I found solar because it literally pays a bizarre, almost obscene amount of money. But that's because the planet needs this done. The government is incentivizing this. The government pays for 30% of every solar project. That's one of the reasons that solar guys make more money per deal, because there's a lot of money in the deal that didn't have to come from the customer. Uh, and, and it just creates a different opportunity. So that's, that's my advice. I would really uh, ask people to take a look and say, you know, is what I'm doing really a vehicle that can uh, take me to the place I'm trying to go? Or maybe do I need to rethink that? Maybe look at taking some risk without any risk. There's really no return. And yeah. uh, if you're just playing it safe because you're in a deal, well, they'll just keep paying you 80 K forever, you know, and make your way to a hundred or whatever, you know, yeah, that's a safe play, but it may not be the lucrative play for you. Well, this has been so great, Michael. I really appreciate hearing about your perspective and uh, thanks so much for listening, you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Very good. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be with you. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Fitch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal, and I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 